0: Are you a church leader trying to navigate the tension of doing ministry both online and in person? Welcome to the Bricks and Clicks Church Leadership Podcast, a podcast where church leaders and ministry experts share ideas, solutions, and experiences about making church work both in person and online. Meet the hosts of Bricks and Clicks, a Brit and an Aussie who became friends in their efforts of making churches irresistible. Duncan Banks lives just outside London, England, and Jason Perkins lives in Brisbane, Australia. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Banksy and Perko.
1: Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Bricks and Clicks Church Podcast. My name is uh, Duncan Banks, and I'm in London, and right across the other side of the world is my co-host in Brisbane, Australia. G'day, Jason Perkins.
2: Duncan Banks, how are you, mate? So good to see you. How, how It's been- good to see you. How are are things in London? You guys are now, as we're recording this, coming out of lockdown and coming out of some of the restrictions and also heading into your three days of summer that you get.
1: Yeah, oi, cheeky. Yes, we are (laughs) um, heading out of lockdown. But... um, uh, yeah, so everyone's out hugging each other and drinking beer in pubs, so it will be probably about a month's time to we forced forced to go back into lockdown because the virus has spread everywhere. Yeah. But there you go. That's what it is. Listen, I am so excited about today's podcast. I really am, because it's a chance for us to hear a conversation that you had with one of my preaching heroes, a man called Jeff Henderson. Whenever that man speaks, I can't help but get a pencil and a notepad out and take notes. He is so, so good. Uh, he was a pastor at uh, one of North Point's uh, Atlanta area churches, and he's moved out to do something completely different now. And I know your network, the Irresistible Churches Network, has started a relationship with his new company, and so have we, the Further Faster Network. Yeah. We've le- leaned into that as well. So before we, talk, we play the conversation, because it's gold dust for any church leader mm. who wants to reach their community. Before we do that, remind us who Jeff Henderson is, Perco.
2: Yeah, so Jeff Henderson actually started off in the business world, in marketing, uh, started with the Atlanta Braves in sports marketing. Then he went on to uh, work with a, a resort, kind of an amusement park in the Atlanta area, eventually wound up at Chick-fil-A, overseeing sports marketing um, with their sports partners with uh, Chick-fil-A, and then eventually landed a job at North Point Community Church and helped them to launch their first ever campus, uh, Buckhead Church. And then from there was asked to actually go and start another campus. And and so he planted uh, what's now known as Gwinnett Church. And he did something as they were starting Gwinnett Church, he did something that was a game changer. He put out a sign on the main road of where they were building their building. Instead of it saying, coming soon, Gwinnett Church, they put the words literally, just two words, for Gwinnett hashtag for Gwinnett, and it came out of this idea, this statement. He'll 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 mention this statement at the beginning, Duncan. He said that for far too long, the church had been known for what it was against, and they wanted to be a church that was known in the community for what it was for. And that statement has stuck with me, and it has stuck with Gwinnett Church, and now literally hundreds, if not thousands of churches around the world who are all a part of this movement of being for their community. And uh, my good friend, Jeff Henderson, is about to unpack exactly what this FOR campaign is for us. So take a listen, and I hope you enjoy the conversation.
1: You have whetted my appetite, Perko. Come on, let's dive into this.
2: Hey, Jeff, it is so good to have you on the webinar, and I'm super stoked to dive into this Uh, this concept and this topic of how churches can be for their communities. Um, But before we dive into that, I would love it if you are just joining us on the webinar. I see a number of people that are uh, joining us. If you would do me a favor, we would love to know where you're watching from and the church uh, that you are connected to. So if you do me a favor and just jump into the chat. And just type the location you're watching from and you're listening from, and then the church that you represent so we can know exactly uh, who's on the call. And I'm also going to encourage you to do this, that throughout the, uh, the webinar, I would love it if you would just put any questions that you have for Jeff in the chat. Uh, basically, the format of the webinar is going to be this. Jeff is going to give us an overview of kind of the message of what the four message is all about. And then um, we're going to open it up after about 20 minutes or so uh, to some Q&A where you can ask Jeff directly questions as to what that would look like in your particular context. So uh, super excited to do that. So again, if you're just joining us on the webinar, I'd love it if you jump into the chat and uh, let us know who you are and the church uh, you're you're representing and and where you're watching in from. So, hey, Jeff, before we dive in to... um, the actual content of the four message. I know this is hard to believe, but there may be some people on the call that are not as familiar with who you are and kind of your background as, uh, as I am. I would love it. If you would do me a favor, would you just give us a quick kind of, Hey, this is my ministry background, but even before your ministry, kind of the work you were involved in, in the marketplace, I'd love it. If you just give us an overview.
3: Absolutely. And I'm not surprised if no one has ever heard of me. I, I'm surprised if someone has heard of me. But uh, hey, before I do that, Jason, I just want to say hey to Ruth and Chris and Josh yeah. and Michael. Uh, I know Michael, uh, Tony, uh, Citra, John and David. Um, and then Charlie again, Ruth. I'm so glad that you're all here. So honored that you take time I take morning. It's, it's nighttime for me. Uh, to be here, but uh, Jason, you know this. I'm a preacher's kid, so I don't know if there are any preacher's kids on, on the on the webinar. But I uh, I promised myself I would never, ever, ever, never work at a church, okay. and uh, so I worked at a church for 17 years. So if you get nothing out of this, never tell God you're never going to do something. That's you, know, I think right. you pay attention. Uh, but I, I really developed an interest in marketing, particularly sports marketing. So I worked for started out my marketing career working for the Atlanta Braves, which is a professional baseball team here in Atlanta. And uh, uh, worked with a couple of resorts in the Atlanta area and then wound up working and handling all the sports and beverage and regional marketing for Chick-fil-A, which is a quick service restaurant company. Uh, it's a 13 in our world, $13 billion company, which we wow. need to get Chick-fil-A's in Australia somehow. We, des-
2: we desperately need to get Chick-fil-A or at least, Jeff, at least Chick-fil-A sauce. If we could get the sauce down here, we can find our own chickens. It's the sauce that we can't get a hold of.
3: So I was with Dan Cathy, Dan's the CEO of the company. I was, we were having coffee a couple of weeks ago. He would be so thrilled to be here, Jason, because one of his, you know, one of his big things is try to get Chick-fil-A internationally, especially over in Australia. Yeah. Uh, But while I was at Chick-fil-A, my boss took me to a leadership conference at Willow Creek Community Church in Chicago. And it was there that I felt like God said, you're going to start a church someday.
2: Wow. And I'm like,
3: no, 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 that's, that's not me. I don't do that. And I came home and I told my wife, I said, it's either I ate too much in Chicago when I was there, or I think God spoke to me that we're supposed to help start a church someday. So that's when we got involved in North Point Community Church in Atlanta uh, with Andy Stanley. And we just got involved. Uh, I mean, we parked cars, we rocked babies in the nursery. Um, and then we heard about the fact that there was a starting point ministry for people coming into the church that had questions about Jesus and they needed, they had more people trying to get in than they had leaders. And so we just opened up our home and started leading starting point small groups and it just exploded i mean it was amazing so over the course of three years we just got really involved and then uh the team at north point asked me to jump on to help uh the the early days of buckhead church which was north points first multi-site church and uh, eventually became lead pastor there and kind of moved buckhead into its permanent location and then andy asked me to help start another church in the northeast section of atlanta called gwinnett county and we launched two Gwinnett Church locations in the online campus uh, that North Point has now. And that was 17 years ago. But during that time, we, we really, uh, I felt like the Lord led us to a problem that we're going to talk about tonight, so much so that it's really helped me transition into this new season. Uh, really, I really want to be, I think in this, you know, as I was telling you, I'm an empty nester now. So uh, my wife and I are, uh, well, she's eight years younger than me, but I'm on the backside of 50s. And this season of my life, I feel like instead of being a lead pastor, God's called me to be a pastor to pastors. Mm. And so I'm hoping tonight that we're all all of y'all are encouraged uh, in some form or fashion. Um, and, um, and so, so we, we can, we can go from there, but, yeah, um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of where I'm at. I grew up in the church. I've uh, been in the church all my life. And, um, and so.
2: No, that's it's fun. fantastic. Thanks y'all. Jeff. For, yeah. Thanks for catching us up on, uh, what you and your wife, Wendy, are doing now, you, you really launched this new transition, this new company together. Um, and I'm going to go ahead, Jeff, and share my screen uh, for everyone so that you can just begin to give us an overview of what this four message is all about so that people can get a better understanding of, they may have even seen, Jeff, this logo that's up on the screen, this, this right. concept of four, maybe give us some background as to where to come from and just walk us through what the message is all about.
3: Absolutely, and I'm going to do this. Most preachers don't do this, Jason. I'm going to set my alarm so that when I get to the 20 minute mark, my alarm's okay. going to go off. All right.
2: So that's there you go. that's the first leadership tip for the webinar is for every pastor on the call to set an alarm right. in right. church on Sunday morning. And I'm telling you, the congregation would probably be grateful for that tip. I'm sure.
3: Yeah, as Andy told me once, no one will complain if we go early. If we if we end early, yeah. so uh, yeah. there you go. No, so good. yeah this word for I've I've really fallen in love with and you'll you'll see why, but my favorite definition, Jason, is to be in favor of. That's what this word means to be in favor of. I I don't think it's ironic either or a coincidence that maybe the most famous Bible verse of them all starts with this word for God so loved the world. And then in essence, Jesus is telling us in John chapter three, who and what God um, is in favor of. But when we started Gwinnett church, several years ago, we, we began to ask the question, and we're going to lead to this in just a second. Yeah. uh, The question, what do we want to be known for? And as we began to have that conversation, I think that's a question, any business, any organization, I really think that's a question any church should ask. What do we want? Or individuals should ask, what do I want to be known for? Yeah. Ultimately that stumbled us across this problem as we began to discuss it. And the problem is this, is that for far too long, the church has been known more for what it's against than what it is for mm. and so we were talking about this in the early days of going at church and we said hey what do we want to be known for someone on our team said well you know when it comes to the church many people are more familiar with what the church is against rather than what the church is for and we just all kind of looked at each other and thought oh my goodness um not only is that true in many respects for many people the other question is how did we get here <laughs> i mean we have the most inclusive message the world has ever known, the greatest message the world will ever know, in in, in our opinion, Um, everyone's welcome, everyone's invited, everyone gets in the same way, and it's an amazing message. And yet, this is what many people are more familiar with the church. Now, I know, Jason, that the church isn't a business, it's certainly not a brand, I get all that. But from my marketing training, and from my brand marketing training that I've had years ago, if you were to put a hat on and say, okay, I'm just gonna look at this purely from a brand marketing standpoint, what I would tell you, and I know the church isn't a business, but but hang with me. What I would tell you is that the church has a brand image problem. Mm. And that if this were a business, we would hire a bunch of people to come in and go, we gotta fix this. yeah, Because this is undermining our credibility. And the reason it's undermining our credibility is it's undermining our trust. And when people are more familiar with what we're against, many times it not only undermines our trust, it undermines our credibility because they think ultimately, I think the church is against me. Mm. And so that's the problem that we wanted to, to, to go against and and fight against and say, in our context, at least for us, we want to be known for who and what we're for. And that's what we, then we begin asking what question, what are we for? Well, we're for people in our, in our communities, you know? And so we're all, Ultimately, that led us is this in a hypercritical, cynical world, often known for what it's against. Let's be a group of people known for what we're for. Like Mm -hmm. if we got to go down swinging, you know, we're going to go down on being known for who and what we're for. And what's so exciting, as you see these images come up on the screen, Jason, um, these are these aren't like stock photo images that I just you know put these little shirts on. These are actual churches uh, in a variety of places around the world. This one in particular is a community Presbyterian church in Danville, California. They're doing for the Valley. Yeah. And their pastor, Tyler Scott, heard a conversation I was having with Kerry Duhoff on a sabbatical that he was having. Um, and he said, that's what we're going to do. We're going to tell our community we're for them. And Jason it, and, and Tyler would tell you this. These are his words, not mine. It really changed the trajectory of his church because it rallied people around a mission and vision. And, and that's what we've got to do as church leaders. We have to rally people around a mission and vision and please hear me. I'm not here to, to, I know it's the morning for you, but let me just say I'm not here tonight to try to pitch for to you. You you could come up with another word, you know, a friend of ours, Troy Fountain used the word with, doesn't really matter. But ultimately at the end of the day, there's gotta be vision that people can latch onto and communicate to, to their friends and their community And for us, this was just so disarming, like, oh, my goodness, you're 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 for us. You're you're for me. And so one of the things we did when we bought our church properties, we just put a sign out there because the city said, you know, you could put a sign out there. that says Gwinnett Church coming soon because we were building the building. And I said, no, I don't want to do that. I just want to put a sign out there that says hashtag for Gwinnett. There's no website. There's no Bible verse. There's nothing. It's just hashtag for Gwinnett. And then people said, well, how are they going to know it's a church? And I said, exactly. They're not going to. Mm. They got to figure it out. Then we gave T-shirts, much like the one you're seeing in the little boy here. Ours said Fort And we said, hey, when you go into the grocery stores and the, you know, the ballparks and restaurants, and people ask you Fort there's a sign up there that's being built that says, what is that? Is it a school? Is it a business? Is it a residential place? And I want you to say no. It's a church, and they're going to say, "Why is it as? Why does it say Fort Gwinnett? And whatever they said next, Jason, is gold. Yeah, because that's vision, right? And if it's a 18 paragraph mission statement, they're not going to remember it. It's got to be a few words, and those words were, "It's a church." And the reason it says Fort Gwinnett is because many people are more familiar with what the church is against rather than what the church is for. And our church is for you because we believe God is for you as well. Yeah few words handed off in that statement, catapulted the growth of our church, because there's something in, I think at least most people that wants to believe that God really genuinely is, is for them. So that's kind of the problem I want to solve, help the church leaders solve. This is the invitation in a hypercritical, cynical world, often known for what it's against. This is a fan as challenging as these days have been for all of us. It's an opportunity for the church to shine like never, ever before. And so that leads me actually to the next slide, Jason. And that's this one that I really do believe, believe this is, this is Matthew 5, 14. You are, you're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. We, we are, what we're trying to say here is to put the message of Jesus and the message of the church on a, on a, on a bright hill and say, Hey, come, God is for you. We are, we are the light of the world. And so that's what I think this is, this is all about, but for whatever reason, because many people are more familiar with what the church is against, I feel like we've done what Jesus said not to do in many respects is we've put something over the light. And again, that's what I'm loving seeing these other churches do right now. Um, first of all, Dave Adamson just joined us. So I have to give him a shout out if that's okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, go for it.
3: All right. Hey, Dave. That's that's my shout out. I love Dave. We miss you over here in America, Dave. So so that's kind of the context. Uh, This really is a, a a you know, this is this isn't some marketing. You know, I come as a marketing guy, Jason. So this isn't some marketing campaign. This to me comes straight from the Gospels, comes straight from the heart of Jesus for God. So love the world. And Hey, you're the light of the world. Don't put something over the light. So the context, the question then is, how do you do that? And that's, yeah. that's kind of where we're going to go for a few minutes today or, or tonight or yeah. this morning.
2: And we're going to, we're going to, uh, jump into the next slide here after we take care of some technical difficulties, Jeff, to get you to the next slide.
3: Well, first seconds. of all, I'm seeing, um, Chris and Jonathan, you guys are doing four. That's, that's, that's awesome as well. Um, and, um, I'm really, um, yeah, I see Dave with the question there. So, but I can actually go to the, I can actually do this without the, the slides, Jason. Yeah, so go I'm for too. it. You, yep. You can, uh, you can pull the slides up when you're ready. Um, so there's really two questions that I've alluded to these. Um, and then and the questions really are this, what do you want to be known for and what are you known for? So we want it to be a light, uh, we want to be the light of the world. So one of the things for us that were really cl- clear is as a church, we want to be delightful. And the word, the reason this word was so important to us and to me as the pastor was this word delightful, Jason, means to be full of light. And so we wanted to um, disarmingly love people and celebrate them. And this is from something that we were doing in our community, just to let them know that we are for them. And we wanted them to go, why are you out here? And why are you serving us? And why are you doing this? Well, the reason is we want to be full of light to deliver the light of Jesus. And I love the smile uh, on, the, on, on our, our, the faces of our volunteers, because, um, you know, I don't know that the church is known for being full of smiling people. And that's, that's heartbreaking to me, is this vision of being delightful in many respects is not what people have experienced from the church of Jesus. We want, to, we want to change that. So we want to be full of light. We want to be delightful people. And that leads me to the next slide.
2: Yeah. So the two questions, Jeff, that really drove you guys to this answer was, what do you want to be known for? And then what are you known for? Right. Can I can I just ask you really quickly, Jeff, when it came to Gwinnett Church in your community, did you guys kind of land the plane on what you think you were known for prior to launching this this four campaign? Did you guys do some thinking around that?
3: No, because we weren't known for anything uh, because we were we would were, we weren't even started. We, yeah. so yeah. we were thinking from a big C church, global church. Uh, you know, generally speaking, we're not saying everyone thinks that this, you know, this is true for everyone. But ultimately, I knew from, from, a, from a startup, from a branding, from a marketing standpoint, that these two questions were important for any organization. Yeah. We just had to apply them to the startup of our church. So we thought about it in terms of the Big C Global Church. But then ultimately, for us, one of the reasons these, these two questions are important is that if you want to grow, And how churches, how businesses, how nonprofits define growth, hey, they can define growth in all different sorts of ways. I'm not here to define and say one sense of growth is better than the other. But no one starts an organization to go, you know, someday I hope we die. (laughs) You know, and and healthy things grow. And however it is that you define growth and unhealthy things die. Mm. And we knew that these two questions are the catalyst for growth. And here's why. Let's just think about it from a business standpoint for just a moment. The reason this will grow a business is because a business is no longer what it tells customers it is. A business is what customers tell other customers it is. Right. Word of mouth advertising. Now, why is this important in church world? Here's why it's important in church world. If you were to tell me, Jeff, I'll give you a bunch of money to have the coolest website, or I'll give you 50 people who will tell their friends and post on social media and invite their friends to the online church or whatever it may be that you're offering. You can either have one or the other, but you can't have both. I'll take these 50 people all, all day long, every single day, because they have more credibility than I do. And they can reach people that I can't. And it's and it's positive words-of-mouth advertising. Now, here's why I talk about this. When, you, when these two questions, when what you want to be known for is what you're known for, then you create what I call vision carriers. People that carry the vision of your organization forward, whether it's a business a nonprofit or a church. And when you when when customers or people in your community experience your unique vision, what you bring uniquely to the marketplace, they tell other people about them. But here's the challenge with these two questions. There's a gap in any organization. We're talking about the gap in the church now, but there's a gap in businesses. There's a gap in 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 nonprofit organizations. But the goal every single day of leaders and any organization should be to come to work and to shrink the gap between those two questions. Mm. And the difference between those two questions, the first question is your unique vision, what you wanna do, what you feel like you're called to do in your particular context. And then the second question is not yours to answer. The second question is yours to influence, but ultimately it's the customer, it's the attender, it's the community's reflection back to you on whether or not you are delivering on what you want the answer to be in question number one. That's why these questions or these answers need to match. So when we came up with for gwinnett Jason, what we decided is that we said every single day is an opportunity for us to come to work, whether you're in children's ministry, student ministry, groups ministry, uh, preaching ministry, whatever it may be, we're all doing the same thing. We're all trying to shrink the gap between what we want to be known for and what we think the church is known for. And that brought all of us together on the same page. And when you get a team together doing different things, but ultimately heading in the same direction, that's momentum, that's focus, that's synergy. And that's what your organization needs. And that's what these two questions helped us do.
2: Yeah. You said before, Jeff, that this led you to kind of this quote from, from Dr. Cloud you mentioned uh, that for people to grow, they must discover that God is for them, not against them. And you—you've mentioned Jeff that you feel like deep down inside of everyone, there is this actual desire that God would be for them. Why do you think that?
3: I think it's a thumbprint that, that our heavenly Father has on His children. And I remember when Doctor Doctor, Cl- who's wrote, who's written, you know, some huge books that have had huge impacts impacts on me. But when I saw this was actually after we had, you know, initially launched this. When I saw this, I thought, well, okay, it must be true if Dr. Cloud is saying it, (laughs) but but I do believe that there, you know, there's something about the power of acceptance that draws us to people uh, in versus uh, repelling us against them. And I I just believe this is true that, that once we discover that God is is, is for us, it moves us closer to, to them. Now, um, so this is, this was a foundational s- statement for us as a church in the sense that this isn't some gimmicky marketing campaign. This is tied directly to what we want to do. And that is to help people grow in their relationship with Jesus. And we believe one of the ways people grow is for them to discover that God is in favor of them.
2: Mm. God
3: is for them, not, not against them. And, and when people began to you know, they have this, we heard this all the time, Jason, you know, I hope this is true. And I'm like, well, come discover yourself, open up the Bible and let's, let's talk about this because it, because people would say, I think this is just too good to be true that God would love me. Mm. It is, it is, but it is true, but it is great. And so this is why for us, this is about spiritual growth. It's not about some marketing, um, you know, gimmick if you will.
2: Yeah. So you, you, uh, you mentioned, Jeff, to me that part of this was like just meeting people exactly where they are currently, not not where you you, you know, hoping that they'd be in the future, like starting the starting point for that is where they are today. Right. Um, can you unpack a little bit from this passage where where you guys came up with that idea?
3: Absolutely. Well, you know, this so Act 17 is Paul's in Athens and he's walking around, and he sees these, you know, these idols, these statues, and it says in Acts 17, 16, he was greatly distressed by that, so he could have preached against, you know, idol worship and all that, but instead, in verse 21, 22, 23, he goes basically, hey, Athens, guess what? I've noticed that you have an idol over here, and it's called this, the, the idol of the unknown God. I actually know who that is. Why don't you listen to me, and I'll explain who who this God is, and suddenly, he didn't meet people where he wanted them to be initially. Cause he was, he was offended by, you know, by these idols, right? Idol worship. He was offended by that, but he's like, I'm going to meet them where they are. And to go, Hey, let me, let me tell you who this God is. That I think was brilliant. Cause obviously the apostle Paul was brilliant. This aspect of meeting people where they are, not where we want them to be is so critical, especially now. Um, I think we're all concerned about well people I know in America are people going to actually come back to church? And I think that's the wrong question. I think the question is, how is the church going to go out to them? Yeah. And what, what is the what are the new pathways? And um, this is a whole other probably a whole other session for a whole other time. But the churches that are going to work toward financial flexibility yeah. will be able to rally toward a more creative expression of the local church. People ask me if the church is dying. Well, first of all, I don't know why they're asking me, what do I know? The church is not dying. The expression of the church is changing. And if we want to get there, um, then we're going to have to actually meet people where they are. And, uh, and many people are out in the community and they're not going to you know, initially um, drive up and walk in a building. And uh, as Dave Adamson has told all of us, And many times the first experience for people is online, not in the building.
2: Yeah. So Jeff, what's, what did that begin to look like for you guys? When you started to say, Hey, we want to meet people where they are on a practical level. What did that mean you needed to do? So
3: in our, I think the context of your community is so important. So you have to understand the context of our community in our County, in the state of Georgia in Southeastern United States, um, the, our county is known for having high school students. So of the of the 10 largest high schools in in Georgia, eight are in our county. Wow. Um, all state championships ultimately have to run through our county. We may not win a state championship, but you're going to have to go through a Gwinnett County to school to get there. So for us, we can't look at our community and say we love them and for them if, and, and not have a heart for high school students ministries. So in high school, sports are just gigantic in our community. So what we decided to do is we decided to take and leverage our social media to start promoting high school sports. And this was really important because typically, if you're not careful, um, organizations don't do social media. They just do digital media and digital media is just talking about yourself all the time. What we did is we started talking about our local high schools. And by doing that, Jason, what happened is, is they would retweet us on the school page, the school, and these would be public high schools. All right. So this isn't private Christian schools. These are public high schools. And you would see, like, for example, North Gwinnett High School, you would go to their Twitter page and it would have Gwinnett Church right there. And I loved it. Nobody lost their minds because here's a public high school retweeting a church because the church wasn't talking about the church. It was talking about the local high school football team. So as they, they made it into the state championships, I actually ended up winning the state championship. And then the athletic director came to us and said, hey, can you start promoting other schools? Or I'm sorry, other sports within our school. And I said, well, we can, but they're going to have to start winning because we don't put <laughs> any losers around here. <laughs> yeah. But here's what, here's what I mean by that. The athletic director came to a local church and said, can you promote some of our other sports? So for me, that's meeting people where they are. And and we gained so much favor. We could walk right into that high school and do whatever it is that we wanted because they knew that they could trust us. They knew that we were genuinely for them and we were here to promote them and to be a value add to them. And, And that's one of the things you and I've talked about, and this is what you did in Colorado, what you've done consistently anyway, is ultimately at the end of the day, one of the questions we asked is if our church ever went out of business, would the community even notice? Yeah. Or would they just keep moving on like nothing ever that never happened? And we know, at least in this context, if Gwinnett Church went out of business, the athletic director at North Gwinnett High School would go, gosh, we, we miss those guys because they help promote our school. Well, that's a value add to the community. I think that's being delightful. I think that's meeting people where they are. Um, and we just gained so much favor with the local high school. Now, having said that, Jason, I want to be, I don't yeah. want to lose my credibility. I'm, my, my timer just went off.
2: So. I totally understand.
1: Oh, Jason, thank you so much, my friend, for interviewing Jeff and for allowing us to hear that incredible content. I want to dive right back to something he said at, at the very start. He asked this question, what do you want to be known for? Wouldn't it be amazing if you and, and, and your you know senior church leadership team if you've got two pieces of paper and you talked about the kind of things you want to be known for in your in your community and list them all down i don't know maybe 10 things this is what we want to be known for in our community um, and then get another sheet of paper and write down all the things that you currently are known for in your community you know i used to be part of a church and we were known as the bunch of people who blocked up all the roads on sunday morning because we didn't have anywhere else to park that's what we were known for in our community people hated us they were glad when we left because they could drive to the shop on a sunday morning so so what are you known for and what do you want to be known for and see if you can put put those two lists together and find some common ground i found that so so helpful listen where are we going in part two with this
2: duncan i'm so glad that you brought some practical application to what we've heard today because there's nothing worse than just listening to 30 minutes of a podcast and not making any actual changes in your life or in the life of your church and community. So thanks for that practical tip. I would highly recommend every leader go and do that with your leadership team, that exercise that Duncan just mentioned. And in part two of the conversation, we're going to continue to be practical, Duncan, because we're going to let you in on the questions that our our webinar guests asked Jeff directly to help put into practice the content that he spoke about in their particular context. So you're gonna hear some questions from church leaders asked about their context, and then you're gonna hear Jeff's response on how they can put this for message into their church and into their community. So that's part two of the conversation coming up. And Duncan, I just wanna thank a couple of our, our partners. We do this with some incredible organizations. Jeff's organization, The Four Company, both of our networks have access to all of their content, but if you're not familiar with it, go check it out online, The Four Company, Google it, you'll find their website. They have fantastic content and resources for churches to be for their community. And I also want to just say a huge thanks to Right Now Media, one of our partners with both of our networks as well, who provide such great digital content, especially helping small groups to go further faster, which are so helpful for our community of uh, churches. So, Duncan, can't wait for part two of this conversation. And I'm looking forward to hanging out with you again.
1: See you soon, everybody. Thanks for listening
0: well we hope this episode of bricks and clicks was helpful if it was then we'd love if you could leave us a review on your preferred podcast platform if you haven't already make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode And if you are leading a church in Australia, the UK or Ireland, we'd love to help you grow your church by reaching unchurched people. Go to www.bricksandclickpodcast.com and click on your country's flag to find a whole bunch of free resources to help your church go further, faster and become irresistible once again.